<laughs> and we are live on Berry Flow Upstream number 42. Here with the fantastic cast for you tonight, we have Blaze, editor-in-chief of Crackberry here on air. How's it going, Chris? Not too bad. Yourself? Doing well, doing well. As, as well here on, we have Jubair Ciel, Chad Mansour, Brandon Orr, and of course, Alex Bass. See, finally made it back on air. Alex took a little bit of time. I missed, time, I missed time one week. From us. <laughs> You you were heartedly missed. I got a lot of tweets and uh, BBM's like, yo, where's Alex? I love his input. So uh, at least you're back on for us uh, this week. Uh, what was uh, I know Brandon had to uh, leave a little bit early on our last upstream. Is everything all right on that end, Brandon? Yeah, everything's all right. Uh, a family friend unfortunately passed away, so I had to leave early. But uh, other than that, everything's fine. Thanks. No, our, our condolences to you, man. It's always yeah. hard to hear that, but at least you were there for your. For your, for your family friend, that's, that's great. Uh, I want to get started. There's not too much to talk about today, just a couple things. It, it seems like the weeks kind of drone on for us in BlackBerry land as we wait for the really juicy stuff, right? But, but we did have an earnings call, so there's a lot to kind of digest there. I want to start out, there was a closed beta update for BlackBerry OS 10.3.2. It went out initially for Passport owners and kind of seeded um, into the forums and whatnot for other users. Has anyone loaded this up on any of their devices? There seems to be some subtle UI changes, which is kind of refreshing to see, right? We, we normally don't see any kind of UI updates on those interim OSs, but this OS update did bring a couple new additions. Are you guys liking the OS build on, on your devices? Yeah, so I loaded the leak, and it brought in one of the uh, one of the most highly asked for UI, um, I guess, features. Kind of when you swipe up an active frame or just do the the hub swipe up to see the notifications, it actually after a second the date and time um, pop out from the top. So you know if you current like on on ten dot three dot one, if you don't have a SIM card in your phone. You swipe up and it and it shows no SIM, and also on the on the on the left side it shows what date it is. But otherwise, if your SIM is working and everything, it just shows you the battery percent percentage. And the only way to access the date is to actually swipe up to the top and get the setting. And 10.3.2 now you just have to do the the hub swipe or the notification uh, swipe up, the home swipe, and uh, after a second, the date and time and everything shows up, which makes it a lot easier because every now and then you want to see what date it is quickly and you just swipe up and it's easier now than having to look at the calendar or, I guess, swipe into the hub. Yeah, I love knowing what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because they put that information as well on the home screen. So if you're already kind of like multitasking through applications and you close and are dropped at the home screen, you have the date right there anyway. I kind of wish that we had some customization for that. That's kind of a little bit opacic, um, where it says the date and time right there on the phone. I wish you could change that because if you have a really light wallpaper, you can't actually see the date and time, which is there. So I wish we had some optimization there as well. But it's kind of cool, uh, Brandon. When when you do the gesture, is it kind of like the gesture for sliding between the app pages in the bottom, where it kind of does a black bar, or is it transparent? Uh, it's a black bar. So, for instance, currently, if you go, you're on the home screen and you swipe down from to get the settings pane, you'll notice at the top of the settings it shows you the date, um, and on the right side what what a carrier you're on. Actually, that little bar, that thin bar there that shows the date and the carrier, is what pops down. Uh, okay. Yeah, it just moves it down basically, as if it were just dropping down, and then it shows you the date and the carrier. It's cool. It's not 
not something that I would actually necessarily <laughs> even notice. No, yeah, it's, it's not groundbreaking, but it's it's not groundbreaking by any means. I mean, this is something people have wanted since uh, yeah. the original BB10 came out. People are like, well, I want to be able to see the date quickly, and they did like a half step measure where they added the uh, battery percentage, and and now I guess yeah. they're just taking it all the way. It's interesting exactly how many people wanted that because Brennan's right. A lot of people did demand that. They're like, I want to be able to see the date. I never understood it because. Like James said, the date is on the home screen anyways. You know, all you have to do is just flip back to the main screen and you have like the date and time, but whatever. Yeah, that was a, that was another thing for me when I was using the classic, I was getting used to hitting the Blackberry Hub button and yeah. you know, hitting that and I would instantly have the date right there at the top of Hub as well. Again, you gotta give it to people the way they want it. At least as Brendan said, they're adding in those refinements. People have been harping on it for a while. Um as well with the OS, I've heard that you can do pinch to zoom on a web page within the browser on Passport, but using the tactile keyboard, the touch-enabled keyboard. Uh, how is that as an experience? I, I use my Passport one-handed a lot when just like scrolling and reading, so to have to put another hand on it just for viewing and consumption feels a little weird to me. Uh, what are some of you guys' thoughts? Have you tested it on a Passport? I actually just tested it right now because I had no clue you could do that. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty neat. I mean... Um, <coughs> I'd probably still just use my fingers on the screen just because there's more surface area to, to pinch and and, uh, and pull out and stuff like that. But uh, it's a useful feature if you really want to see all the content on the screen. Yeah, there's not much room there to actually do the pinches. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. kind of how I was feeling about it as well. There's some other refinements in terms of triage now as well when you hit the attachments icon it actually sends you to each individual email instead of all the attachments which I found very helpful a lot of times I would I, I like the attachment feature and I like being able to get those attachments but sometimes I want to see the correspondence attached therein not just the files so I thought it was pretty cool at least that they've refined that out for us just very small things that enhance the usability with the 10.3.2 OS how do you guys feel about the lock screen shade now it is actually <laughs> kinda like a shade I'm, on older OS's uh, it, it has like a nice kind of glossy glow. I don't know if you can see it there, but you can kind of control, so to speak, which way the uh, the animation goes as part of your scroll, and then put it back to sleep. On the new OS, it's just kind of a clean shade, and the image kind of dissipates to black as you scroll up. Yeah, it's like rolling up a blind, basically. You, know, you roll it up, and you roll it down. I'm not really fond of it. I, I'm, I liked it the way that it was, because it made your wallpapers look cooler. It had that glow effect yeah. around the numbers, and you know, depending upon your wallpaper, what you actually had set as your wallpaper, it would just add more to the effect. But I still haven't seen that shown off. Uh, the the new one. Does anyone have that can actually show who put it on their device? Because like, I'm really curious what it looks like. Uh, it looks like crap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know how well you'd actually see it. But. There's so there's so many design shit. Hey, let me lock hold it. On. On. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. When he goes to show it. I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if you guys can actually see that. So, it's kind of like yeah. beds, bedside mode a little bit. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cries, on the, cries on the inside. Here's something that honestly bothers, bothers me about BlackBerry 10, and I'd like to hear some of your thoughts as we kind of close our talk about the beta here. Why do they take away everything we love? You know, they took away the, they took away, they, they took away the uh, what was it? The, 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 
the drag to focus. They took away the sparkle. They took away the cool call screen. I mean, what else are we going to have here that's actually unique in terms of BB10? Things like the Scalato time shift and Story Maker. Is that it? Well, honestly, like this, this is uh, something that they're taking away, which is not like it has no purpose. Like the call screen, they took that away because usability issues. Some people just I genuinely didn't know how to use it. This is like an animation on the phone that was really cool and unique, and they got rid of it. So, yeah, it wasn't, I think they're just getting bored. It wasn't necessarily useful. In, in either case, it's not useful. I mean, it's yeah. just there. It's kind of there. It's, you know, in I'm the, very interested in seeing who are they listening to <laughs> zone. You know, as far as making these changes. Because I, I think of 10.3.1, and then I see the, the, you know, these preview leaks of 10.3.2, uh, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to do this, that, and the other, but they're just kind of doing things that are not really necessary. The active frames are, like, totally screwed up on the yeah. app, too. Like, I, I, don't even, I don't even understand how it's possible to screw them up because, like, it's if it was working in a previous version, it would be, I mean, like, it would still work. You guys work. probably can't see it, but it's all messed up. It's, yeah, it's all stretched out, kind of like a... Like, I could understand if they were adding, like, some new, like, usability or, or function, but it's essentially the same thing, just the proportions are all off on all the active frames of the core app, so... And, yeah. and, in, and in the change logs, they admit that, right? They're like, we know it's broken, don't yell at us. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously. At least that's a disclosed... Any bugs? Have you guys encountered anything serious that you've actually gone ahead and reported? When playing with it, it seems to run, I mean, relatively well. It was a little laggy at first on the transition... Well, it's settled, but it seems to be running A-OK on my end. I think I haven't come across anything on there. I mean, I obviously downloaded the leaked one because it made its way out of the beta zone anyway. So, you know, but I haven't come across anything that is major on there and that is a big issue. As far as I can tell, it's pretty much, it's probably like the best version. This is going to sound stupid, but it's probably like the best version of 10.3.1 that is out there. I actually had a an instance where I just I restarted my my phone. I did a a hold button and I just pressed the restart button. And when it restarted all my apps, they uh it would crash after 20 seconds of using them. <coughs> and so then I restarted again and now it's all fine. So, oh, it's probably just another, you know, loose end or something that they they probably already fixed in a newer version. I think they just took 10.3.1 and proved everything that was screwed up in those early releases that they pushed out and just added a few little minor things to it. So it's probably like the most stable 10.3.1 version, only they changed the version number because they added some changes to it. And this is kind of similar to, I remember there was 10.2.2 that was released in some markets, I think in Germany and a few yeah. others, and they weren't anything you know, really big. There were minor features and things like that. So I guess we, we shouldn't really be expecting much more than maybe just a, a more solid 10.3.1 build, right? Well, you do have you have the additional security options, too, for uh, PGP stores and stuff like that that are on the 10.3.2, which makes you think that it's just like a security-based operating system update. Um, and it also has the... Uh, the local directory lookup server information and stuff like that. So it does seem like it, it may possibly be one of those, I don't know, German additions that just add some additional security layers to it. But that being said, mostly everybody can download it anyway. So. 
some of the new additions are uh, include uh, better support for Active Sync. They've got some next generation enterprise connectivity with Bez 12.2. BlackBerry Protect has been better enabled within the device for anti theft protection, which is something I think is really positive that needs to start talking about more because a lot of people don't even know BlackBerry Protect still exists on BB10 because they're, they're used to seeing an app for it on legacy. Yeah. So it's good that they mentioned that browser enhancements with anti phishing as well as a private browsing mode. I believe with the private browsing mode, having it tested, it actually allows you to run two instances of the browser, which I thought was pretty cool. You can have a private one and then you know your regular Gen one as well. It's pretty cool. Some hub improvements to open associated emails when uh, viewing attachments in bulk clear of recent contacts, which is awesome. Some calendar improvements. People were really wanting the growing and shrinking of numbers based on the workday, and they brought that back and added in some time zone preview. So awesome that they've, again, listening, listening to user feedback. I, I, I err on the side of Jubei. Who are they listening to? But uh, they're listening to someone. And you know, if it's ultimately that business customer, then that's exactly what they need to focus on. BlackBerry Don't forget is, they had at the Amazon store, too. That's very important. Yes, the <laughs> shopping app is now preloaded alongside your uh, your Amazon App Store, uh, so they've got that going for you. And the new lock screen, yeah. and then the, the the peak as well. Uh, a host of different uh, bugs and things that they're working through. But again, it's at least nice that they're actively engaging a beta community when testing these OSs. I just um, I just want to say something about the the Amazon Shop Edition, mainly because it, <laughs> it's part no <laughs> it's it's interesting that the Amazon Shop Edition actually shows up because if you guys remember, you could always install the Amazon app. I just realized that my phone was like totally flocking the view of everything. <laughs> Anyways, um, if you uh, if you if you downloaded the Amazon Shop app previously, it used to not show you the Amazon video stuff on the side. Like it just shows you, you know, that all of the regular Amazon stuff. But on this particular version. It actually shows that the Amazon video stuff is on the sidebar. Um, that being said, it still doesn't work unless you actually sideload the Amazon video app. If you sideload the Amazon video app, which can be picked up at like appkingmirror.com or anything like that, you can actually access the Amazon video store. So it's it. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it does seem as though that there's some progress there in terms of them actually, you know, possibly putting on the Amazon video uh, store to be, for people to be able to go ahead and access. I mean, realistically, it makes sense. It works, and it's there, so why haven't they done it yet? But, like, right now, I can go in there because I have the, the app sideloaded. I can go in and actually just play it, you know. Amazon Instant Prime Video works, provided you actually sideload the application. <laughs> provided you pay for it as well. The, well, the yeah, Definitely interesting that they're working on that better integration. I The one thing I like about the Amazon store is that when you press install, it actually invokes the native installer. So you don't have to hit install and then install again. It, it brings you right to where it needs to. I'd love to see that kind of integration in the Snap application because it's something that's lacking. You do have to go through kind of multiple hoops to get it going. Um, I, I believe Amazon had put into Google Play a version of their application that had the store integrated within it. <laughs> That's the version I wish we had, you know, the one that was kind of catch-all instead of having like three apps to try to access one one application provider services. 
Uh, you'd, you'd think just building a native version, a BB world of Amazon and all their offerings would be the most wise thing to do. Chad, how do you feel about it in terms of the Amazon, you know, kind of having to jump through hoops at this point? Do you think there's a area for better integration there? Well, being a prime member of the Amazon, I think it would be best to have that integration in there. Um, I would love to have instant video, of course, and any of the prime benefits. Um, having the shop, you know, I, I do most of my shopping, online shopping through Amazon, so it will be a benefit for me because I'm one of those type of users. I do have um, some apps that I downloaded from BlackBerry World to help incorporate the, the lack of, but I wouldn't sideload or upload an Android app that's not really available in my opinion. Right, there's still that access issue, and, and Blaze had mentioned it as well. You still have to kind of jump through that third hoop to finally get it working in terms of all of what that ecosystem has to offer. But as, as he said as well, <coughs> progress, is, progress is being made, so hopefully by the time we get the slider device or something, they'll have actually some keen and working integration there. <coughs> So let's move on from the 10.3.2 talk in, in terms of the ecosystem. Let's talk about we'll, – we'll kind of glance over the, the results. We'll, we'll close on those. But I want to talk about the launch of the BlackBerry Classic in Indonesia and how ultimately important I think this is for BlackBerry. You know, we had the late end of the last year, middle of their fiscal last quarter for Q4, and they were still selling passports. They were still selling classics, and that rollout is continuing. So while we see them reporting numbers for different amounts of sell-through on their BB10 hardware, they're still looking to bring these products into, into their distributor channels and continue to make revenue off of them. So I thought what was interesting for you guys, I'd like to know, is if you think some expanded global uh, support for devices like the Classic are really going to help their bottom line numbers. It's been very small, I think, between 1.6 billion uh, 1.6 million, excuse me, not billion. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> 1.6 million devices sold, 90% of which were BB10 devices. So Brandon's posting here in chat, right around 1.2 million were actually BB10 devices. So it seems that we're finally moving over. We talked on last earnings quarter, and I believe it was like 60-40, the percentage there, and now it's 90%. 10. So what do you guys think in terms of the transition? And As we talk about that in the scope of the classic launching in Indonesia, do you think it's going to be impactful or just kind of additive? No, I don't know exactly how many Indonesian customers are waiting for the BlackBerry Classic, but I mean, any, any new regions that they essentially roll out a new device to should definitely help them in terms of their bottom line because, I mean, they still haven't... Uh, you know, they still haven't got all of the numbers calculated for the Classic and the Passport, really, because, uh, as John Chen said, you know, the numbers, the, the U.S. carriers only picked up the Passport and the Classic at the end of the quarter, not the Passport, but at least the Classic anyways on AT&T and the Passport. Yeah, the Passport, too, because the Passport never made it to AT&T until late. So the Passport and the Classic numbers from the U.S. carriers still aren't fully being accounted for because they came close to the end of the quarter. But what I found interesting about the numbers as well was that he said that the for every for every one passport that they sell, they were basically selling two classics. So that shows you that there's a lot of love out there for the classic at least. Um, I think mostly the, the hardcore audience seemed to be buying 
uh, the passport, but the more everyday users seem to be going towards the classic. So hopefully that'll that'll work out and add more to their uh, device sales in the long run. More regions can't help or can't hurt. You can't know, help. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's a funny story in terms of the overall. Uh, in terms of the device sales, I found that was a very interesting bit. When you actually dig into the numbers and look at the earnings call, every quarter they're selling right around like 1.5 million devices. And they're actually trending down if you kind of look back historically. And not by much, right? We're talking like a couple hundred thousand in sales in terms of actual hardware. Yeah. But we, but we look at shift numbers and we look at actual sell-through, and there's a, there's a disparity there. So we can only estimate based off these calls and what we've calculated so far that there's maybe 12, 13, 14 million BB10 devices out there, right? And let alone any of those that may have been returned or not actually held on to. So do you think that the traction for BB10 is stunted by the OS, or do you guys think that it's the brand that's ultimately failing? I know we have had some discussions on this within our group in terms of what's really holding BlackBerry back. Is it Google Play services? Is it the OS? Is it the brand? What's ultimately suffering here? Why is the traction for such a great OS not so sticky? I want to start with Brandon. What do you have to say on it? Um, Personally, from my experience, I think it's the... Um, as much as I hate to say this, I think it's the OS because every time I show people like my passport or or any one of my other BlackBerry 10 devices, people are like, "Oh, that's pretty cool," and they're like, uh, "Can I use this app on it?" And then when I'm like, uh, "If it's Android, you can use it," but if it's like some other type of app, um, you know, like if it's an iOS only app, they're like, uh, "Oh, okay," then you know, like that's kind of important to me. So I mean. People like the BlackBerry devices. They like the way they look. They like the keyboard and stuff like that. It's just essentially they want those apps and those those other features they've, they've grown accustomed to um, just because there is so much competition out there that um, BlackBerry needs to cater to that in one aspect. If, if, if you're looking at it from a consumer side, if you're looking at it from a business side, I think most people who have a BlackBerry 10 device as a business device um, are generally happy with how it works currently now. And I think the brand works well in the business, in the enterprise space. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, um, I thought that James was going to cut in. And, um, yeah, me too. <laughs> but he's he just sitting there. Y'all can co- y'all can coordinate amongst yourselves. Can- <laughs> I think that um, okay, so uh, we can look at some of the um, details on what BlackBerry can do better, what they're struggling with. But overall, I think that it really just comes down to one thing, and uh, it's the one thing that BlackBerry cannot afford to invest in right now. Platform video, <laughs> which is marketing. Their biggest um, struggle is people's perception. People are not aware of what BlackBerry is doing, that they're in a transition, that they are putting out new products and new services. People have no clue. And that message um, is critical. And BlackBerry right now, are, as Chen expressed in the last quarter of the results, said that he's in the second phase of the transition so there's still a lot of work to be done. In the meantime, there's not much information. There's a lot of ignorance going around about what the, what's actually happening uh, with the company. So 
that's their biggest thing. I, I, you know, the devices are solid. The, the OS is solid. Every time I show someone, they're blown away by it, and they like it. Um, just a matter of awareness, and there's zero awareness all around. So until, and I have a feeling that until the transition's complete, until, I mean, they've been doing really well um, quarter by quarter since Chen has, uh, you know, taken over. Um, but uh, moving forward, I think we're going to see marketing and branding step up after, you know, the complete transition until they have, as John Chen expressed, uh, sustained profitability and, uh, you know, all those things are, are the dust settles with, the, with all of the uh, products and services. So that's it for me. I, I you know, yeah. just, no one knows. You know what, Jube? I, I agree with your point that there, there is an aspect that marketing has to play with it, but I do also feel that it, word of mouth is a big play, especially for Apple. Whenever I hear people talking about Apple and stuff, like people who have Apple devices, they're like, oh, you should get an Apple device. And, and, and it, a lot of people feel inclined to get an Apple device, not solely because of the marketing of Apple alone, but also because they have that word of mouth of, of their friends. And yeah, stuff but if you ask someone who owns device. an Apple device, why should I get the new Apple phone? You hear crickets after Because that. it's Apple. Because it's Apple. <laughs> there's, that's there's what no they're into. They're like, oh, because... Uh, and that's but, it. That's the end of that conversation. Um, if someone asks me why should I get a BlackBerry, you know, pull up a pull up a chair, grab some snacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I. But you feel more confident in in promoting an Apple device, though, because right, there's no gaps in terms of the ecosystem. Like everything's no. there. If I'm honestly offering someone a BlackBerry device as an option. I, I do it with reservations because there's some things that just don't work, right? Yeah, and you ha and you have to take the time to explain that, which is part of the problem. It's like it's a barrier to entry to have to say, yeah, you can download Android apps, but yeah, you, know, <laughs> you can add this email account, but you know, also, yeah. And just the fact that you have to explain that disparity also is just confusing because you, we're talking about people who have Apple and Android devices. So if it's not so simplified that you know a, a child can understand it and do it, then you're going to lose them. So I avoid the whole Android side-loading thing <laughs> altogether. I stick to the Amazon App Store. That helps, but it's still... But even that, I mean, you tell someone, oh, you can use Snapchat, whatever, on your BlackBerry 10 device, and then they go out and buy a $700 device, yeah. and Snapchat, and then they realize you can't get notifications, and then they're like, oh, so I have yeah. to actually, like, keep it open or, like, keep uh, keep checking and stuff. So, I mean, like, as much as there is an aspect of marketing, which is definitely, I mean, I'm with you 100%, Jubei, they, they really need to do something with marketing. I, I also think there is some stuff on the back end that's just holding them back yeah, as well. That could be part of it too. I mean, if they feel that the Android runtime and you know integration into the OS is still not where it needs to be, I wouldn't market it either because right now, like you just said, someone says, well, does it have Snapchat? I mean, to me, it's crazy that you would base your decision on buying a smartphone <laughs> in the next two, three years, whether it has Snapchat or not, but whatever, to each their own. But the fact that someone can't simply just download an app, you know, could be a defining, you know, uh, factor as far as marketing. Uh, that whole sort of Google Play uh, element for BlackBerry devices, I think it would be a huge sell if they kind of cleaned that up and did offer it. But it's not there, you know, for that small 1%, like, you know, you and I, 
Um, you know, most of us, we, we know about the side loading. We know about... One percent? Don't be so generous. <laughs> I know, right? The thing, with, yeah. the thing about marketing, and I know Alex is dying to like, <laughs> to leap right through, but I just want to say that like, they spent $67 million on marketing, yeah. something like that, but I don't know where they spent that $67 million. Where yes. did it go? Here's how it, here's how it reads, and we will give Alex his turn. I know we keep stifling his, his voice right now. During fiscal 2015, the company incurred approximately 322 pre-tax or 294 after. And they set, say that in research and development, only $70 million was used. And that $229 million were including in-selling, marketing, and administration expenses. So they spelled barely anything marketing. It's such a small, small overall number that really, even if we had seen it, it wouldn't have been very impactful. I mean, look at the scale of the marketing engines on Samsung or Microsoft. And, then, and with that... That brings up another question. Do they even really want to market? Like Jubei said, like, you know, no. maybe they don't want... Maybe there's something on the back end that they don't necessarily want to go ahead and have all that marketing out there. Which I can understand, but it just—it seems it's, it, it it ends up as a very mixed message to you know the people who are potentially buying devices, and it's not helping their situation to not be marketing. Right? Like right now, Black BlackBerry marketing is—it's not going to be the the general consumer anyway. Like they're yeah. a target market now, so it's like we could say we don't we haven't seen any marketing or where it's going towards. Maybe all of the marketing dollars went towards just going, you know, foot traffic into big companies and just, like, forcing them to see what BlackBerry can do for them. Yeah. So marketing as we know it in the terms of how Apple markets or whatever, it's just maybe never going to be existent for BlackBerry, at least not for the next couple of years. They're just, you know. Yeah, but yeah, that was on my, on my schedule, too. Like, I don't think that they're, they have – they don't want to market to consumers because it's not yeah. their market anymore. Yeah, so. but – even on that scale, I, I, you know, when I watch uh, television, sometimes I'll see an IBM commercial, I'll see a Cisco's commercial, I'll see some sort of um, business commercial marketing to business users. So I'm not exactly sure why BlackBerry hasn't jumped. Those companies have a lot of money. Like, we're t looking at BlackBerry, who's like fighting to just survive right now, and they're trying to be really mean or lean and everything. So I'm not saying they should never market to, say, the average Joe Schmo, at least to get some of their brand recognition out this there. The but they don't have access money to do it right now. They want to market to people they can retain. So, for instance, if they can market the enterprise people or and or people who are going to really appreciate oh what a BlackBerry offers, they're going to be able to retain those people as opposed to spending extra money on TV ads where they get a whole bunch of coverage, but maybe those people might not be the type of people who can be retained necessarily at the current moment by BlackBerry. So I it's agree like, with that. like, damn did they do, damn did they don't, because how are you supposed to expand your products and services if you're not bringing awareness to what it is you're even creating and offering? So it's like one hand washes the other. You know, you got to spend money to make money, right? So there's a bunch of potential uh, clients and customers out there who have no idea who you are, what you do, thinking you're dead, but you're not spending the marketing dollars. I understand why you're not spending the marketing dollars, but it's like, oh, you know, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and it, it shows um, on some of the, uh, the numbers. But, you know, I want to bring this up before when you, you mentioned marketing, and, like, word of mouth is, is obviously a very big deal, um, I just wanted to bring up that 
I'm kind of exhausted as a word of mouth BlackBerry marketer because I sold all of my close friends on it. But the thing is, when you use word of mouth and you sell your friend on it or family on it, any problem they have before they even search the internet, even if it's such a simple fix, just search you Google and you. answer. Yeah. No, they come to you. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it's, it is yeah. so draining when you have you know four people doing that constantly, or if they're complaining about an app that doesn't work that well because they're still on the Z10, and I I go and test the app out on my Z30. It works on my Z30, but it doesn't work on their Z10. All I can say to them is, I'm sorry, I I don't know why it's not working on your phone or it's working on mine. It's just it's just draining. Those it's are the like kind of people you, you delete on BBM, yeah, right? <laughs> it's like when you hand off your resume to to your boss of a friend, and then your friend, you know, has a whole bunch of issues, even though he's really good at one thing, but doesn't necessarily perform up to to the level required for that certain position, right? So, mm-hmm. and the mobile device is in a similar stream there, where you're kind of selling someone on a specific aspect or a specific functionality on a phone, and then once they have some issues with that. The, the entire pool with BlackBerry 10 devices is so much smaller that you know you're that go-to person there for those issues, right? As opposed to them maybe being able to Google. Although CrackBerry always comes up there quite a bit. I've always sent people to CrackBerry when in doubt. I would not send my mother to CrackBerry. CrackBerry. I would. I would not. She'd be like, "Why? Why are they arguing?" <laughs> my mother actually has an account. My mother legitimately tries to figure things out on her own. And she'll even, like, message me saying that she found this thread on CrackBerry, and I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> but at the same time, she knows what she's doing because she's like, see, I tried, I tried, I really did. Now come fix it. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> at least there's information there and available, right? There is still a place where we can go within the forums and get our answers to our questions, so the forums are really indispensable. Uh, Brandon's right. E- even if it's like you know, is that other people experiencing this problem? Even if there's no solution, at least I don't feel alone. You know, yeah. and a lot of times as a BlackBerry user, that's something you feel. <laughs> so uh, it's it's good at least that there are options available for us. Uh, I- I'm just glad that the classic is now spreading, and hopefully we can just get some more devices rolling out the door. It's like at this point, like as Jubei said, damned if you do, damned if you don't. We need to just put these devices out, whether we want them to be successful or not, right? We need to just get them out there to continue bringing that traction over to the user base. So uh, hopefully, you know, we're we're selling all BB10 devices here on out, and that the legacy numbers continue to. I guess, dwindle and kind of die slowly in the background. With them dying, though, we're losing 15% of our service revenue quarterly, which is a pretty... Right, those service access fees. So when we look at it, you know, you have to be able to stem that. And it's an aggressive target for Mr. Chen to be able to hit 600 million, 100 million of that, uh, you know, counting on BBM to bring that through. What do you got to do... Mm -hmm. Yeah, did did you catch when he brought that up uh, during the interview? The lady had said, and, you know, you're hoping to to bring in $100 million from BBM, and I'm assuming uh, you're probably not really close to that yet because it's early on or whatever, but he didn't seem very optimistic about BBM at at the moment. Yeah, he said Uh, that they haven't haven't even started monetizing BBM. Yeah, and it's like we've had these pins and everything. I'm paying monthly for some reason for a pin that I genuinely have zero idea why I have a custom pin. I have um, <laughs> like 300 sticker packs for no reason. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, though. I was not surprised by that news. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they're making some money, guys. I don't believe him. I don't believe yeah. him at all. 
<laughs> I don't. Okay, you have a hundred million active users. You each buy one sticker, and you can't make hundred million dollars. Get out of my face. <laughs> Get out of my face. Chad's holding back. You know how he is. <laughs> he doesn't want to speak on it, but they're making money. Even with the billions of ad impressions, they're making something. It may not be massive the way he wants, but they're going to be able to scale by the end of the year and make that money. thing is, is that, would show. that would show in the results, though. Yeah, That's the thing. Show I mean, they've been selling stickers yeah. for a while. Yeah. If they were making some some decent revenue, like it, it, Pretty easy to to pinpoint where that revenue is coming from, you know. They, they revenues 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 up twenty percent, so we can equate yeah. that what to Bez, and then what else? The other the only other software yeah. they're they're monetizing is BBM. Is <laughs> BBM be it through whatever or whatever? I think there is a, a small base percentage there. Is it what he wants to see? Absolutely not. But it will push through. We have BBM meetings, which is as he said in that interview, getting good traction, has good reception. Um, and as well, they've got obviously BBM protected, which if, when it's not DDoS attacking you, it, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's as confident in terms of that number though now as opposed to before? Like, is he more confident now than previously, or is he less confident? Because realistically, I don't know. He sounded pretty shifty on a lot of things when like he didn't want to lay out a lot of stuff when it came down to like the best um, numbers and everything like that. He he sort of kicked a lot of it to the side and wasn't necessarily straightforward with it. He, you know, I don't know if he sounded as confident in in that actual number anymore as what he did on previous accounts. How did he sound about when he was talking about devices, when they were talking about devices? Because I, I feel like the amount of devices sold was, was a surprise to me personally. When mm, he was well, he's... He reiterated the fact that hardware is still going to be part of the business. Like, you know, they're not going to get rid of hardware. And he said that the only reason why he didn't uh, reply back to any of the the shady articles that came out in terms of their device sales, I'm, I assume that he means that one said that they only sold like 8,000 classics. Um, you know, that he couldn't respond to them at that point in time because they were in their quiet period and they can't say anything financially at that point in time. So, you know, he, he like I said, he reiterated that hardware is going to be part of the, the ongoing strategy and they're not going to be kicking that off at any point in time soon, so. I'll, I'll tell yeah, you that, why. Those are the two major things. He just reiterated that um, they're not exiting the hardware business by any means. It's a critical point of their business strategy moving forward. And then the other is that they're showing profit in that. Even if they're not selling, and I did write about this um, in the article on Berry Phone, Believe in Blackberry, that they're more of a boutique manufacturer now. They could still make profit uh, despite not selling you know, hundreds of you know, millions of devices. So um, there's no real reason for them to even you know, stop making hardware. Um, but those are the two things, you know. He's, he said it's, it's critical to our business strategy and we're making profit on it. So and Another thing that he reiterated there, coming right off of Jubei's comments, is that they're working with their partners, right? They're establishing themselves, they're investing themselves in the Samsung yeah. ecosystem to be able to expand on those partnerships, to be able to talk to different clientele, right? You keep going to the same government customers and you're not going to expand your business. You're going to retain, as Brandon had mentioned earlier. So really, they need to be looking at new customer growth, be it through software. If software is easier, more sticky, we can go with that. You look at what they're doing in Hong Kong, same day of the earnings call, they announced in China enhanced SIM-based partnerships with Bez so that you can literally charge for Bez on the monthly, making it more accessible 
more easy. You've got Bez Cloud, you know, Bez, Bez on the server side, Bez hosted. There's so many options now in terms of being able to bring that MDM solution over. And as well, going back to the boutique hardware comment Jubei had borrowed and reused within his article, it's a great point to make because at the end of the day, they need the hardware to be able to say, we have an end-to-end -end secure mobility solution. Without it, you're you're tacking on just like they're doing with Samsung Knox. It's not an actual end-to-end -end in terms of the actual all the way down to the silicone, right? So I think if as part of their offering, they're going to need to continue pushing those devices one way or another. I think, and I part, think mm -hmm. part of the problem comes from the fact that some of the hardware that they may put out may necessarily may not necessarily be things that you know the mass majority want. You know, they're going to be enterprise-focused devices and that thing, and I think that's where the disconnect comes from in terms of, you know, people thinking that they should exit the hardware strategy and so on and so right. forth. Because, you know, a lot of the devices that may end up on the market eventually from BlackBerry may not necessarily be consumer-focused devices. You know, they're not going to be those flagship devices that every single person wants or anything like that. You're going to end up with devices like the BlackBerry Leap and such. <laughs> Yeah, that was another shot at the leap. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he's he's throwing them left and right today. <laughs> I guess where I get a bit worried is that there was a bunch of channels, a bunch of sales channels that were opened up in the past few months, uh, certainly before this quarter uh, was announced and that would have shown in this quarter, especially when you look at Amazon selling the Passport and BlackBerry 10 devices. You got you see Shop BlackBerry in, in the biggest market in the U.S. and in Canada and other places as well. And, I mean, I was... I was I'm personally, I was hoping to see some of that reflect in the sales numbers, but then yeah. once again, what are you going to do? It's they, they totally they're focusing on enterprise right now. It's it's a tough one, Brandon. I get that they're opening up the sales channels, but as Jubei had mentioned earlier, you're not marketing it. So great that it's there and available. It's on the shelf, but at this point, it's collecting dust in the consumer perception because there is no brand advertisement. BlackBerry knows what their customer acquisition cost is, and because it's an enterprise user, it's high. It, it just is. So you can put it there in the store, but it's mainly for a viability option, right? So that big businesses can go to their carrier partner who they're buying their phones from and deploy Blackberries. Again, it's not for you and me. It's not, as Jubei mentioned, it's not for the 1%. It's really for those other minded users who are looking for an easier entry. Yeah, I mean, and given I, that we look at the sales numbers that they have, what was it, 1. what? Million? 1.6 sell through, 90% of which were BB10. You know, that number, to me, it's like, you know, considering that there's zero marketing and you have zero carrier support, it's pretty high. <laughs> terrible, you know? No, let's be realistic. I mean, on the whole, everything that came out, no matter how you look at it, 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 it was actually beneficial for BlackBerry. Like, they're not, they're not in as bad of a situation as before. Like, we can pick it all to pieces, as many, many, many people have, because all you have to do is look at the headlines that went out. You know, there was the positive angle where BlackBerry made some money, they sold some devices, people are happy, and then there was the negative side as well, where basically they, you know, they said that the hardware was plummeting and BlackBerry is, you know, they continued the diatribe that BlackBerry is dead and they need to exit the hardware and so on and so forth. You know, that, those are the two segments. Those two segments are not going to go away. They're going to continue. You're going to get those same stories happening. A lot of that is attributed to just the uh, misguided information, the numbers. They read the numbers, and yeah. then they make an, assess uh, an assessment off of it, and it's just not true. You know, we look at the, what you just mentioned as far as the devices. 
you know, we look at BlackBerry's transition with their old devices, how it's being phased out. And then you look at BB10, it's a healthy sign that 90% of the BB10. That means BB10 devices are growing. It doesn't help that that number is in combination with the decline of their legacy devices. So someone who doesn't really know the details would just look at it, oh, they're, 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 they're exiting the hardware business, like right off the bat based on the numbers. It's like, no, they're not. They're growing and they're making profit. It's just, you know, spun in a way to give a, a certain perception of the company. But they're making they're making money. You're just not patient, right? That's what we'll tell the analyst when they when they watch this. <laughs> but that the marketing the marketing point again, like Jabe said, they're you know, he's watching TV, he sees these ads from Cisco. And it's almost to Brandon's point, like, you know, they made all of these partnerships, but they never made a they apparently never made any sell through on them. So again with the marketing and what Brandon said, put it together and you know why why is IBM running these ads and Cisco running these ads? How come I haven't seen a Samsung ad that markets Bez twelve compatibility or anything like that? You know, that would be interesting to see. Why can't why haven't I seen that? Why haven't I seen, you know, for well maybe not necessarily Sprint, but why haven't I seen a Sprint ad? marketing Bez compatibility or anything like that. You know, where are these other organizations in in the scenario? Because you know Samsung has marketing dollars, so why aren't they pushing it? You know, I'd love to see a Samsung ad that actually <laughs> markets a Bez 12 compatibility with the Hawks or something like that, you know? And, and, it, and it may be something that's advertised, we just don't see it, right? Because we're not yeah. in those channels to see it. Maybe they are in terms of, you know, when they go to their enterprise customers with hardware, they're like, hey, this gold package Bez, it's expensive, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a very valid point because we don't, you know, we obviously don't see these things on a daily basis. I don't, I don't expect to, you know, come across a Samsung ad on the web or anything like that for it. But maybe, maybe they do exist. Maybe they're out there doing that stuff. And if you think about it, if they're selling the whatever 1.4 million devices this term, uh, this quarter that were BB10, if they're selling them to enterprise, then that 1.4 million is a lot more profitable and a lot more valuable than 1.4 consumer hands, uh, oh, consumer absolutely. people having those devices. So I mean, mm -hmm. uh, th their margins are potentially a lot higher, even though their their overall sell through is lower. Uh, it's just a question of whether we'll see that in the future. That's a great point, Brandon. When you look at the actual, like, how much they're able to get off of these users, I think the number went up considerably this quarter when you look at it, which is, I think, interesting because it, BlackBerry users are kind of at that point where we're loyal, right? We're going to buy your devices, you know? That's my business choice. That's what I use for my business work. That's yeah, what I'm going for. I think we all are, just we're not telling anyone, right? But, but, but no, like we'll pay a premium for, the, for BlackBerry devices because that experience, that productivity and efficiency is what we ultimately want. So they're kind of fighting between do we build low-end devices like Microsoft, Xiaomi, just to pad our volumes, or do we build to our user and know they're going to continue buying our hardware so that we can make more money? Is it a volume thing or is it a money thing? Right now it's a money thing. And the cash flow being up is a direct reflection of both software and hardware turning out better than they have been in previous quarters. Uh, including this quarter. That's four quarters in a row. Yeah, and I believe that's profitability. They hit profitability a quarter early. They hit it last quarter in terms of overall uh, profitability. So, yeah, I think it's only about like one cent. <laughs> one hey, cent. 
be it pre-tax write-off that got us there or, or what, right? The, bo the bottom line is so much healthier now. The top line is still suffering because we have the decline of service revenue. But that bottom line is slowly getting healthier and each and every quarter, especially with the carrier uh, channels open, the device sales are only going to be better. That shouldn't be our focus. Our focus yeah. is how Chen brings the gap from 234 million to 500 million in terms of software over a year, right? 64 million this last quarter, but how do you bridge the gap on the rest? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, to I totally agree with the entire outlook when you look at the whole grand scheme of things. You know, put aside the, the headlines saying one thing or the other. At the at the end of the day, they turn profitability. You know, they, they have money in the bank, and they're not giving up on hardware or anything like that. They're, I, I, feel I don't like want to say that they're doing fine. I just want to say that they're in a good position right now, and they have the potential to do a lot better. I feel like they're having an, um, somewhat of a difficult time articulating that link of you know better margins with fewer uh, with the smaller user base at the same time. So yep, that's something that definitely needs to be articulated moving forward, and I'm sure in the coming quarters, as those financial results come in, they can better link those two together, the, uh, the higher margins and the lower device sales, or hopefully higher device yeah. sales quarter over quarter. But, but it, all it all depends on the people on the end who are actually doing the reporting, too. So. Exactly. Yeah. Within the Q4 results, it's listed approximately 1.6 million BlackBerry smartphones were sold through to end customers with an ASP of 211 compared to 180. So again, we look at this, BlackBerry seems to have, I don't want to say mastered their distribution, but they're getting it much more in line to make it profitable, right? Yeah. And they're working with Foxconn, they're working with other distributors, controlling the volumes for what they're purchasing and then turning out. So again, they're going to be able to garner off this user base quite a bit. The question is, at what point do they go for volume and market share or profitability, and can they find a lateral between the two? I honestly don't think they can short term, even in the next couple of years. I think, as Jubei had mentioned, continue being a boutique, charge a little bit of a premium, people will buy, and then have another strategy to hit the consumer segment. And whether that is an Android device that runs BB10 or licensing your keyboard to Samsung and having them build it, whatever is more beneficial to you in terms of the money, but we need to go there. And I think as these partnerships continue to expand, we're going to see a lot more uptick for them in terms of both software and hardware revenues coming forward. So I think it was one of our better quarters here, right? We expected maybe it to fall back a little bit, and it didn't. John Chen has done this before, you know? <laughs> and, and when he brings a company back into profitability, it doesn't fall back. It doesn't relapse. It's here to stay. So it's not a concern anymore. Right now, it's driving that revenue and that growth. Like, with how much cash on hand they have, though, it's like, obviously, for... Like, they need to keep cash on hand because that's, if you look at a company and they have 3.37 whatever billion dollars cash on hand, you can't really say, well, they're dead. Or if they're trying to prepare because their service revenue is going to start going down more and more because of legacy devices that aren't being bought anymore, um, they need to have a backfall, have this money just in case. But it's like... If they're just sitting on all this money, they really should be using it on so many other things yeah. right now. They're but it's it's like a fight. You gotta be making your money work for you though too. You can't just be, you know, building up cash and cash and keep building it up. You got there's gotta be a point where you gotta actually yeah. spend it on marketing and actually yeah. make some revenue off of that money, right? Because otherwise it's just sitting there. 
Well, well John Chen did express in the interview yeah. that with the cash that they do have, um, acquisitions is part of their strategy moving forward. They're still yeah. looking to adopt new talent and up-and-coming <clears throat> business uh, companies that um, are very profitable uh, to BlackBerry um, business strategy. So acquisitions will be used. I'd also like to point out that um, they did make profitability this this quarter, but I would like to point out that there was quite a chunk um, yep. taken out of their operation side of things. So while they are making profitability, it's coming at the expense of operations, and there's a lot of that fat that was trimmed, but then there's some questions that get raised. It's like, did they trim too much fat? What's going on behind the scenes? Is that, that going to hamper them moving forward? So those are questions that they're going to have to to demonstrate that they're they're dealing within they are a, a lean machine that can produce. I mean they definitely they yeah, they definitely had a lot of waste I think and then just just look at the the whole thing with apps. Like they have zero focus on apps right now. So they obviously got rid of a lot of people who were pushing apps um and helping them with all of that. I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's like they laid off a lot of these people, you know. Going back to what um, Brandon said, I, I absolutely agree with uh, the, their challenges that can communicating, articulating what exactly is going on. They, you know, Mobile World Congress, this quarterly reports, you know, they talk about certain things, but the, the overall message and vision is still kind of a bit vague, and that I think that's what investors, shareholders, and you know, people are kind of. Um, 50-50 on. I mean, kind of iffy. The stocks, you know, keeps going up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, all the they're making all the right moves. They're, they're putting all these great pieces together. But are they necessarily have that? Uh, have they communicated this this one message to the public, to the world, and saying this is what we're doing. This is this is um, our identity. Jube, so, I thought that was our job. Oh shoot. <laughs> that's why I wrote my article. You know, believe in Blackberry. I said, you know what, these guys should coin a term. And just move forward with it, and keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So um, <laughs> even if it's down, right? Um, so it's it's just like I don't know. I, I but I agree that they could do a better job at communicating uh, one clear message um, for everyone. WrestleMania is just hampering our viewership this evening, guys. I want to pull it up here on my end too, but no. The bottom line, you know, is is it is healthy, right? They're increasing as as Brendan mentioned on the operational side, so at least the business at its core is getting healthier. Whether they can transition the top end and really bring the rest of it forward and drive that revenue remains to be seen. But they have a lot of pieces in play now. It's pushing them out there. I like that they're updating BBM meetings. I like that they're continuing on the software front. And on that software front, Alex, show us what the latest blend looks like. Pull it up I on your end if you can. Give me one second because I was just going to make an appointment sh so it showed up nicely. Mm -hmm. The upstream appointment just ended, so someone else talk for a minute. Yeah, BBM has so much potential for BlackBerry to bring in such an incredible amount of revenue, but BlackBerry hasn't really figured out. It makes me laugh, Jube. It makes me laugh. At F8, Facebook announced... Messenger for business or business for messenger. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's literally freaking channels. We've had it for two years. I can talk to these brands directly now, and I'm just like slow claps because they're going to make money off of it. Congrats. Yeah, they're going to make, yeah, the value of the company retains in the billions, and they just, it's all they do is with BBM channels. I, I just, I can't right now. 
So, oh, so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll transition from that and talk about some other cool software here. So here is BBM, uh, excuse me, BlackBerry Blend. And, and I, I keep forgetting to call it Blend because the more and more I look at it, the more and more it feels like BlackBerry Hub desktop, right? Because that's ultimately what it looks like. So Alex, what are we looking at here? Take us through it, please. So if you remember the old dashboard, oh my god, the old dashboard was was terrible. Um, it kind of showed you a little bit from various different sections and things. This now, if you have a calendar appointment coming up, then it shows up nice and big at the top. So it's like, what is the most important thing? And it throws it at the top. The calendar appointment, because this is currently going on, it's at the top. Gives you the date. They, BlackBerry loves giving you the date now. It's like people complained about not having the date. Now they give it to you like way too much. Anyway, date's there. Then it has upcoming events. This is a little weird to get used to and understand. It's a little uh, interesting, but it's showing you the upcoming calendar appointments. Um, this is tentative. This is free. Uh, you'll, you're kind of used to it if you've seen the calendar. And that gives you a quick overview of a few recent things within your hub. So BBM messages, text messages, just the mo it's essentially the most recent things from your hub. But it's really fluid. Um, you can do a nice little thing and make it smaller on the side there. And if I do, for instance, click this message, then it will bring me directly in the hub. It, it pretty much looks identical, like the whole <laughs> functionality of it all. But if you click back and then you go to the dashboard, like it's really fluid in the way that you go through it. Like just this animation here, it just feels like Refine. I don't know if it's like laggy on anyone else's screen, but like on it's smooth for me going through it. Yeah, it looks, um, like, it looks like a baby bottom. I like it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so pretty much nothing too big of a deal. It's really the sidebar just makes it a lot easier to navigate. Honestly, and can we, can we see I, what the settings looks like on the bottom left there? It's no different. Everything's identical, man. Like those kind of things. File transfers. If you're doing any file transfers, it'll show it there. Um, I don't know. Let me see. Get rid of this. <laughs> I can't. Okay, so we of course we come in and do an error. Um, ignore that. That's stuck up. <laughs> but there we go. I got rid of it. So anyway, it's kind of you know it has everything in here. Dropbox. It loads you know fairly decently. You have to keep in mind it's loading from your phone. It's not like this is not a direct connection through my computer to Dropbox. It is a direct connection from my phone, which is going over Wi-Fi, which is then being shown on my computer. So there is some you know, slow loading and various things. but And it, it came back. <laughs> there we go. It's gone. OK, so yeah, but for the most part, I kind of just wish that you know, Brandon didn't say, hey, babe, to me, and that. Yeah. Smooth. <laughs> anyway, I kind of wish that you could just directly reply from right here, because what I find myself doing a lot is clicking the message and replying and then going back there to this view. <laughs> it's kind of a pain. So I wish you could just click should be like an instant right action, like you could actually just tap exactly. on Exactly. Right? Yep. That's <laughs> what I wish it, it did. But, yeah, nothing too special. I've been using it more now, though. It, it just feels... I don't know. It just feels better. Everything is a little bit quicker. I don't know how much longer I can talk about this. I'm kind of just blabbering, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it looks good. I'm glad. It it, looks I'm, glad it's, I'm glad it's getting an update. I mean, it, it, it's a consistency thing that I'm looking for, right? Keep us in the loop and keep it updated and fluid. So I'm glad that they're continuing forward with that, at the very least. I love how Jubei's name is kind of broken on a blend, right? <laughs> That's because... That's a sign to everyone with the giant blue letters on their BBM display name to stop. stop. 
Yeah, Alex like, included. What, what's up with that? Like, that shit, that stuff has gone like, too far. That's yeah. gone too far now. Like, everybody on my newsfeed has got, like, multicolored letters all over the place. I'm it like, shows that BlackBerry needs to add more stuff to BBM because we're I, all getting I can't anxious. search their Alex, names, though. I want to message them. Correct. It yeah, just shows see? that people want customization yeah. on BBM, and there's an incredible amount of space for BlackBerry to explore, but... Use your BBM avatar. Stop spamming my feed. Jeez. <laughs> Everybody, my whole contact list is nothing but blue letters and stuff now. I, I know. Can't even read through it. It's funny because it like literally was an infestation. So like I check my feed, I check my feed a lot because I follow a lot of channels. But like I just see it like coming, and people people are changing between different fonts and all these different things, and it got really really obnoxious. What I like is that in this you can click on one of those uh, entries right, and it adds a little context box, and then you can reply. My question is why can't I long press on a message in a group and do the same kind of context based reply? I feel like that would be brilliant. Yeah. Alex, and this is the feed, it looks basically the same, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that they have actually uh, channels in this feed. They have a contacts group and then feeds, which is actually just contacts and groups. So it's kind of redundant, um, but nothing too special. In channels, does it basically look the same in terms of its overall yeah, UI? It's, honestly, I think really what they did here is they just uh, added this thing on the left sidebar here. That's for the most part. I don't know. Yeah, it looks identical. No different. Are you marketing your channel? Because I saw you liking a lot of your posts. <laughs> Me liking? Oh, oh, of course, dude. How do I not like my own posts? <laughs> I couldn't get it guy. off me. He's that guy. I've been caught. <laughs> don't worry, Alex. Sometimes when I put up a channel post, I got like 50 subscribers. I'll just... I'll just like my own post and get it rolling, and, you know. And let's see. Well, what what is the problem with that? The reason why we're doing that is because channels they're, they're neglecting it. We have to do something to get publicity. Alex, don't start this conversation. <laughs> we need we need to have like a separate podcast that like one no podcast. one watches that we talk about that on. <laughs> just rant about channels for like an hour and a half. Yeah. We could. I got time. You guys doing anything? <laughs> just, just kidding. I want to show off here. Um, I posted up something a little bit earlier today in terms of the BlackBerry slider. Thought it was kind of interesting. I, I, I don't know, Chris. Maybe you'd seen this in the forums on you guys' end. I hadn't gone looking for one, and I hadn't seen anything about it in terms of the people looking a little bit more closely at the slider to see what what was offered. So I took the the picture. This is the original one that BlackBerry posted. And again, it's far out. It's not zoomed in. You can't see a lot of the detail here. But I did a further analysis, put it into Photoshop, enhanced the image for lighting, got to see a little bit more of what was going on. So we still see it's a basic portrait slider, right? It has the dual curve screen, very similar to the Samsung Edge. The device has a sleep-wake button, which is over here on the left-hand side, uh, presumably for uh, better one-handed use, right? Um, and, and as well as you kind of start looking at the device, it looks more and more sketchy, right? You're like, what am I actually looking at? Am I looking at odd reflections of flash hitting the phone all at once and causing things to look distorted? Or am I looking at one of those prototypes that they, like, slap together, like, two days before? You're looking at a prototype made out of wood with some <laughs> LED lights stuck in it. 
Right, like like literally, they took a screenshot, printed it, and put a backlight behind it. Like right? it's a paper. Like it, it just looks kind of odd. And as we continue scrolling here, you'll you'll get to see a little bit more of what I mean. Like this area right here where the icons are cut off. It's like, well, why? Is it this isn't Flash coming off the screen? It's it's like they literally patched this together. But anyway. You can see a little bit more closely when you look at some of the smaller accents that, one, this keyboard has a design similar to that of a Passport. Now, whether it is touch-enabled, again, this is probably not even a fully working device. So whether it's an actual Passport touch-enabled keyboard remains to be seen. The key design, however, is very akin to Passport. You can see that there are very diagonal, delineated sculpts on the key, whereas on the Classic that you can see down here, the keys have more of a curved sculpt to them. So it's definitely not a classic keyboard, at least in the design intention. It looks a lot more like what they have on the Passport. As well, if we can go It's a typo it, keyboard. It's a typo <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> it kind of does look like that, right? At least the frets aren't, like, obvious. Uh, again, kind of weird that these aren't, you know, colored frets. They're actually black frets. Again, just kind of curious as to why they went that direction with it. But you can see down here that it seems pretty obvious throughout that there's a speaker grill here throughout. Now, again, whether this makes it to the final production versions and prototypes of the de this device remains to be seen. But a front-facing speaker just makes so much sense, right? BlackBerry for conference calls. They're touting BlackBerry natural sound. Putting that right in your face, being able to put the phone on a desk and it be able to do a loudspeaker conference call or staff meeting from the phone just makes a lot of sense, right? And it also kind of leaves this bottom lip with a little bit more functionality instead of just being bare. So I think it's a good idea if they do end up bringing this front-facing speaker. thought it was pretty cool that at least we could see that they're aiming to bring what looks to be a touch-enabled keyboard and then that front-facing speaker. Uh, again, whether this device is actually a device at this point kind of remains to be seen. But uh, very cool nonetheless that they're able to offer that forward for us. Very, very simple showcase. It kind of makes me wonder, you know, that why it was so short and why they showed off the white one in reverse. Because likely some of these smaller accents on the white one would be even more available to see, right? You're going to notice the black spots for the speaker grill a lot more on a white device than you would on the black. So, just again, kind of interesting that they're showcasing all of this. What do you guys think about the 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 slider or the slide as Chen? unfortunately called it <laughs> earlier at Mobile World Congress. You guys, is that something you'd pick up? Is, is the slider something you're interested in? We got a lot of comments that were kind of negative on the posts, kind of like, you know, a slider's too fragile, no one likes sliders. How do you guys feel? I would definitely pick up a slider, honestly. I saw one, uh, I saw the torch earlier today when I was at Hollywood Studios, and I'm like, you know what, picking up a slider, I, I missed that. I missed the flicking it up, typing it away, um, Honestly, the pictures, it looks like uh, the new Edge with the slider keyboard on the back. But honestly, I would I would definitely pick one up. Yeah, I'd pick one up too, for sure. Then it, the only reason why I like it is because it's different. It's not just another black slab device. It's like the Passport. The Passport is different. And I think these days that's kind of what interests me most is things that are a little bit awkward and a little bit different from everything else that's out there because, you know, how many black slabs can you actually enjoy and use? Exactly. I personally would have... Um, I may be completely alone on this, so don't crucify me. But um, I would have... It would have been interesting to me to see if they would have came out with a slider that came out in landscape mode, not portrait. 
Good and you want to you want a sidekick? Nah. Um, just to see, because you know, with you get the full keyboard, you can implement <coughs> some more innovation into a wider keyboard. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, and then you have like the, the you know the widescreen. So now you have the 16.9. So I don't know. I I, I I thought something there could have been made um, more interesting than having that vertical. Because when I, you know that vertical screen with the keyboard out just looks so long. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> you know what I really miss? I used to have um, a slider LG device way back, and what I really miss is that, like, when you get bored, you can just slide it up and down, and it, it kind of helps you pass the time and stuff like that. <laughs> that is no. also that is also what she said. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, uh, I I think personally the slider is the way to go for them. Um, because it's got a little bit of everything for, for everybody there. It's got the keyboard for the keyboard people. It's got the touch screen for people who just want to mostly use the touch screen. The only concern I have is maybe it might be a bit too big, but um, I guess it's still early at this point. We might see what we'll wait. I'll wait on my judgment until we get more refined uh, um, details on it. That's Pretty much why I don't have much to say about it because right now I don't honestly believe that that is a legitimate device. Yeah. No, it looks like it's glued mean, together. That, yeah, that, 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 thing, that thing is held together with duct tape and crazy glue at this point. So you know, I that's not I'm not saying that it's not going to be coming because obviously it is. It's obviously something that they wanted to show off and they wanted to at least get that information out there and flowing. However, I don't really have much judgment on that particular image or yeah. any of the images from the event because for all I know, like I said, it's probably just a block of wood with some duct tape and glue and you know whatever, an LED light holding it together. So One of those little uh, book reading lights that you just clip on, <laughs> yeah. on the inside. I mean, Which, here's how I feel, I mean, personally about the slider device. It doesn't seem innovative to me. I mean, great, it has the cool keyboard, has a curved screen, but those things aren't innovative. Those are rehashed of things that have already existed in the market. Passport took a whole different take of the, the overall kind of square one-to-one -one ratio device. The squat keyboard, the large screen, it was different. This doesn't seem different to me. That's why I kind of, I'm kind of air on the side of Jubei where I, you know, do something else with it, right? Give us a little bit more innovation. If it's going to be software innovation, I feel like you're just going to try to make use of that curved screen, and, and I don't know how far you can take that in terms of an enterprise uh, productivity focus. Alex, what are your, some of your thoughts on a slider device? I know you're dying for this thing to come to Verizon. It won't. Just just give up now. Just switch carriers. I mean... I, I, you just know, put a classic. Thinking... No, my God. <laughs> I'm not, you're not going to get me started. I was riled up before, before we went on there. They're just trying to screw with me. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think... Um, you know, I'm hoping, but I know it's not going to happen, that this slider, what it's really going to end up being is that one patent that they have where you kind of just, it shows the bottom row and then it folds down to show like an additional three rows. Because the one problem with the slider is what you guys are bringing up, and I agree, it is very tall, you know, when you slide it up. But for example, you know, the typo keyboard with an iPhone, yeah, it is a little bit taller, which looks odd. But this is about like how much taller it would be for BlackBerry if they had that patent go through and they actually got that working. 
realistically, it's not like that tall. You're only talking about you know adding that much that much height on there. But when you're talking about a slider, it's talking about like that much more height. So I don't know. I'm hoping that this slider is a little bit different than what we're expecting, but I'll just use it as a full touch device. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, I don't slide it open, and I'll be happy. Whatever. And, and that's the thing, right? That's ultimately what it's going to come down to. The keyboard's going to be there for when you need to do those elongated messages and those longer bits where you're looking for that accuracy. Otherwise, it's a little thick, all touch device with a great front facing speaker, right? I mean, it should be pretty universal for us. I'm just at the point where. I want more. I want innovation. I don't want you going back into your IP stores and just pulling out like, ah, here we go. Here's the Milan. We just redid it for you guys. I'm looking for something new. I'm looking for something more vertical, right? I don't see the kinds of customers. Yeah, I just don't see the kind of customers this is going for. Passport made perfect sense. Bigger screen, wider consumption, better reading, better viewing. It made sense, right? If you're looking at medical documents, if you're looking at you know different scans on on a device like that, Passport makes perfect sense. What does this bring the prosumer? I, I, I'm not entirely sure as it to what the answer is. It brings the people who are complaining uh, the best of both worlds. Finally, a solution that people. Okay, I I don't think you know moving forward, for instance, if BlackBerry really doesn't want to really create a device that's not just an all-touch high-end, this is this is some. This is a device that someone like me who really wants an all-touch high-end device um, that is just like, okay, fine, I'll go with that, and I'll probably be happy with it. So I think they're just trying to finally create a device that people will just be okay with just for the rest of us, you know, those who aren't necessarily hardcore in business right now that need the full keyboard of the Passport and everything. I'm going to bring up channels. Oh, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Are we, talk, are, are we talking about lost causes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just joking so we could keep the podcast going for like another half hour. <laughs> God, no. We're done. We're done, guys. Yeah. We, we, we won't take your time anymore. When, when we we'll kind of recap everything, look at the earnings, BlackBerry seems to be in a healthier position and at least more apt to execute on the growing software side of what they need to do in terms of their service revenue. So I'm looking up. It definitely didn't dishearten me, the earnings call. If anything, it got me excited that they are still on good footing, still in good transition, and they're making the proper trajectory to where they need to go. You know something really funny real quick? Uh, no. Phone dog, they, hey, no. hey, hey. They've had this, like, large thing going on where they're competing with all the phones. They do it, like, every year, like, March. Yeah, so essentially, you know, the classic worked his way up the list. I don't know how it's beaten up the iPhone 6 and all that kind of stuff, but that just shows like what some BlackBerry users, the extent they'll go to. <clears throat> but right now, um, it was the Passport and the Classic flying up to the top. And I guess yesterday they put a limit on, uh, for, for BlackBerry browsers, it detected if you had a BlackBerry browser and it made you put your email in and then you had to verify your email and stuff like that. So people are complaining in the, in the comments who voted for BlackBerry. They're like, it's making me, me confirm my email. It's not even working, blah, 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 blah. And people who are on iPhones are like, well, let me vote just fine. So we kind of like figured out, okay, they're really screwing with the voting system now because they're not happy that we're doing, you know, yeah, Team BlackBerry's is, going in there. Let's take this are you talking about Techno Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just did it on the uh, web browser. I just went on my computer and did it myself. Yeah, but it's just, 
It's like our one win that we get as BlackBerry people. <laughs> we just like we stick together and we just get shit like this. And now they're like, okay, if you're in a BlackBerry browser, you can't vote. Yeah, like what? Aw, you know, people are just in there cleaning up their cookies and voting again <laughs> as well. You know, that's why they do it. I know, I know how the polls get set up. You can set them by yeah. cookie. You can set them by IP. You can, you know, whatever. People yeah. are obviously gaming the voting as well too. Yeah. But. Yeah. Good, doesn't good, really good, mean good thing anything. I used the Firefox browser, right? <laughs> good thing I sideloaded Opera and Dolphin just as backups. You know, I, I voted on every device. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it was great having you on. I'm glad we got to discuss some of the earnings, Cole. Hopefully, you guys are up as upbeat as I am in terms of the financial situation they're in. Again, they're heading in the right direction at this point. It's all about executing on, on what they have in front of them. They have a lot of chips on the table. Now they got to start giving them out and delegating them and start playing the field, so to speak. Like BlackBerry is like one of those people who hasn't dated in a while, right? But it'll get back in there and it'll get back into the swing of things. So give it some time. <laughs> give, it so, give it some marketing dollars, a couple hundred million or something, please, and uh, we'll get this ball rolling, right? It's the shy date, the shy date. <laughs> the shy date, really smart, has like three three billion in the pocket. You know, doesn't know how to spend. No it. one knows why why she she hasn't been asked out before. You know, she's but you know people are starting to take notice. You know. Yeah, I saw her curved screen. That's that's nice. <laughs> and we'll we'll leave you guys with that. <laughs> Thank you all for coming on with us for this upstream, guys. The pre